Hi, hello. Hi, hello. How you I doing? Haven't, yeah, I, great. I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's nice to be heard. Did, did you find your voice? Where was it? Finally. Was it? Uh, it was buried be- beneath a lot of like scratchy, god-awful, like, have you ever heard <laughs> a uh, teenage boy going through puberty? Um... I mean, not on the reg, but like I can kind of like r- like remember when I was like in that. Yeah. So, yep. like, yeah. 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 So it sounded like a prepubescent or like <gasps> going through puberty boy uh, yeah. mixed with an 85 year old lady oh. that chain smoked her whole life. So it was somewhere <laughs> between like really low, deep voice and then it would like scra- uh, scratch, crackle and pop. It was awful. It was awful. Disgusting. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I should have I'm, recorded a "Hey, I'm so sorry, I can't do this this week" like thing, and then everyone would have been like, "Yeah, thank you for saving our ears." <laughs> that was actually suggested of like, ah, you getting on, but I was like, time. "No, that's stupid." And then you said it was a good idea, and I was like, "Yes, I'm stupid. I don't know." That's really funny. Yep. <sighs> so I got a I got a couple little stories to tell you since I haven't seen you. Oh, perfect. Tell me all the stories. Tell me okay. all the things. So for the first time in the six going on seven years I have gone to the gym, I got asked to spot somebody. Okay. 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 So, All right, big beefy so, lady. Proceed. Yeah. So so I'm deadlifting, right? And like when you go to the gym, there's your regs. Like yeah. there's, there's there's people that are like usually there. You yeah. know them. Like but you don't like talk, but you just you just know them. Right? You just see them, and you all like awkwardly head nod at each other. Like I see yeah, you too. Like, I yeah. see you, dog. Like I yeah. see you. I see you bench pressing that two twenty five. So. I'm deadlifting and I'm on my jam, right? And then one of the guys is in there and he's 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 not ripped, but holy motherfuck, this guy can lift. Yeah. Like Ooh. damn. Ooh. Big boy. All right. Right. So he doesn't like if I saw him on the street, I'd be like, I could take him, but then when I see him lift, I'm like, Jesus fuck, no, I cannot. He would crush my skull in a heartbeat. So I'm deadlifting and he walks up to me and normally no one walks up to me in the gym just because I just have that or- like that yeah. vibe of like, don't fuck off, leave me alone. Yeah. Speak to me. Right. So he comes up to me and he's kind of like doing that whole like kind of like shameful, like not quite shameful, but kind of like, hey, I need help kind of pose. And I'm like, I think my headphones, I'm like, what's up? And he was like, listen, he's like, I'm doing a lot of weight. Can you spot me? And I look to Ooh. see like what he's lifting. 405 pounds squat this motherfucker wants me to spot him well i mean basically just make sure he doesn't get crushed i guess are you right so i so immediately i look which for anyone who's curious the 405 is 45 four 45 pound plates on each side of the barbell jesus that's a fucking lot and just in in comparison i just squatted 140 today so hell yeah congratulations Thank you. I'm finally <laughs> back up to where I was before I moved up here. So, um, the first thing out of my mouth is, are you fucking sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bro, are you serious? He's like, he's like, there's a small margin of error that could occur. <laughs> and like, and like, he had the guards up. So like, there's like little like big beefy, like yeah. stainless steel, not stainless steel, steel arms that you could put on the squat rack. Yeah. And he's like, there's a, like, he's like, it's a small, mar- he, he's like, it's small. Like, he's like, I'm pretty sure I could get this. And he's like, if anything else, like, the bar is going to get me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, you know, I was like, I'll spot you. I was like, I, I, I can help. Like, if anything, like, a little bit of something will get you up. And so, yeah. so he gets all, like, squatted up and ready. And the f- one thing I forgot to ask is how many fucking reps are you doing? I, that's one thing you got to know is how many reps yeah. is the person doing? Yeah. 
and he put his headphones on and I was like, fuck. All right. So it was for one. Oh, look, you got a Sprite. My husband that. magically materialized me a Sprite as I'm listening to you uh, spot this for- man with wild. Okay. Proceed. I wish I had a Sprite materialize. So uh, so he he gets gets positioned, gets ready, and so he, he squats. And I was like, I don't fucking know. As he's like about to start squatting, I'm like, I forgot how to squat spot oh, no. somebody squatting. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to like cup their like armpit boobies to like push them up absolutely and i was right so like i was right um that's good in hindsight so because i googled that immediately afterwards but he got it um he went down and he came back up for one and then he put it up and he was like and i guess he didn't realize that i was behind him i don't fucking know because he turned around he was like oh i was like yeah you got it (laughs) and he was like did i go low enough i was like yeah your your thighs were parallel with the ground yeah you did great yeah you did what you're supposed to do in a squat my man Yes. Congratulations. And I was panicking the whole time. And so yeah, This is so much it. weight. Yeah. And I was like, the first time that I've gotten to ask to spot somebody, it's four hundred five pounds. Yep. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of cool that he was like, Hey, hey, tiny, tiny lady, can you <laughs> can you spot me? <laughs> I guess. I love um, that. I did it. Hell so yeah. That, Congratulations. That, that's thanks. another achievement. That, Right, that was cool. That's something I could say that happened to me. Jesus fuck. So, so then the second story is just funny. Um, at work, I get I have like a, like yoga blocks and like a kettlebell and like a three pound weight. So I kind of do like accessory exercises at work because like I'm just sitting in a chair all day and that's really fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. So, um, I realized that my I don't do abs at all, which is really bad. Like I always engage my abs when I work yeah. out, but I don't work out my abs so i kind of started planking at work like we're in the back corner we're in the back corner so like no one walks by yeah so like i just kind of like get really like close to my cubicle and then i have like one of my coworkers like time me and then that's about it so like it's not like weird i'm not like out in the open and everybody can see me it's not like that fair enough fair enough that's that's less weird because that's what i imagined when i worked in a cubicle job and i was like no <gasps> no no okay. no no. we're in a back corner and like if anybody walks by i don't like the people who would walk by i don't give a shit so okay fair right so me and this dude co-worker um she and i she used to do a bunch of stuff and then i i still do stuff so we got into like a friendly competition of like who could plank longer obviously it's me so well she Right. <laughs> um, so we started doing it. So we started planking and she she was trying to one up me and she put her feet up in a chair okay. to plank. And I was like and I was doing a low plank, but I was like, I still beat her. It was really funny. Anyways, so we're <laughs> we're in this plank, we're concentrating, our other coworkers timing us. Okay. Yeah. There's there's four of us. There's four of us coworkers in a team, right? That's precious. Right. I wish I could so, do like dumb fun shit like that at work. Proceed. Well you can. You have just plank in the middle of the floor. <laughs> sure. So anyways, sure. Anyways, so anyways, we're in the middle. Of, like we're concentrating. Like it's hard. Like yeah. planking fucking sucks, right? Yeah, it does. And all but we hear our fourth team member shuffle out from behind his cube and stop. Uh huh. And I'm out, kind of in the open. He can blatantly see her planking in her fucking cubicle, and we start fucking losing it. All three yeah. of us start laughing our asses off because we heard him shuffle out and then fucking just stop. <laughs> Well, I mean, what do you do in that situation? You just laugh. You just fall <laughs> for laugh. Anyways, I learned that when you laugh while planking, it fucking hurts your diaphragm. Yeah, it does. Like, that was a pain I've never experienced before. Anyway, so Ow. we just laughed. She fell out of the chair. I hit the floor. 
Um, and he walked around the corner and he was just kind of like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I just saw two asses. And then that <laughs> was just, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so anyways. Good times. Um, good times. Plank, plank in your cubicle, not adjacent. Out in the open, right. Uh, out in the open. So I learned that. So that was just, that was funny. I thought that was funny. That's fair. Do, do you want to hear yes. some funny stuff that happened to me recently? Yes. Okay. So, well, T- first, first off, I have a, a life lesson, some advice. Um, tell me. Never challenge death to a pillow fight. The unless, fuck? Unless you're ready for the reaper cushions. <laughs> it's not funny. It's pretty fucking funny. No. Yeah. You're trying you're not, not to pillow- laugh. You're not, using pe- you're not using cushions in a pillow fight. Yeah, you are. No. They're reaper cushions. You're a reaper. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a laugh. I knew it. Okay. It's so, not funny. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. All right. Uh. So the next weird thing that I've learned recently, um, uh, being this week, being recently, um, I was scrolling through my Instagram feed and I saw an advertisement for like these this really cool like jewelry stuff, you know? Yeah. And then I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. So I clicked on their page and I started scrolling and then there's just... A whole jewelry market for teeth. And when I say teeth, what? I mean people teeth. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 yeah. wait, Okay, I have two things in my head. Okay. I don't, I don't understand. Okay. I have I have jewelry for your teeth is no. what I heard, what no. I heard, which is like jewelry that hangs from your teeth or, no. or, or is it jewelry that is people's teeth? Jewelry made out of dead people's teeth. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah, so me, being the dumbass that I am, went down a fucking rabbit hole. You can Why? wholesale buy lots of 100 human teeth for like $50 on Etsy. That can't, That's that, real. No, no. Where are they getting the fucking teeth from? That I have no answer for. Uh, I did also end up going down a rabbit hole of what are cadaver teeth used for? Because, you know, dead people, cadavers, right? Uh, it turns right. out whenever you get a crown... They use a cadaver tooth. No, they don't. So I have a different person's tooth in my mouth. I have a different person. There's no way. I thought it was built. Yep. Out of a cadaver tooth, I think. There's no way. We're going to have to look into that and come yeah. back. But if that's the case, what the what? fuck? What the fuck? Because I... That can't, that can't be real. Those have to be like fake human teeth on Etsy. There's no fucking way. You can just buy a hundred human teeth. Who I mean, they're to- they're class B human teeth, so they have that? minor cavities or cracks. So are these just like teeth that were ripped out of people's heads, and dentists are like sell them on Etsy? What the fuck? I don't know. Apparently, need- like this person that I found on Etsy that was selling this bag of one hundred cadaver teeth, uh, pr- apparently supplies them to local dentists. So that's like her job. Is moving cadaver teeth. There's apparently a fucking market for cadaver teeth. I that that is what I wanted to tell you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I didn't want this information. This I know. Haunt me. I don't Correct. want it. Can I it kind of makes back? me uncomfortable as well. So so you can have different kind of crowns. It looks fu- like what? What does that mean? So you can have some that are resin. Resin. Excuse me. Resin teeth. Okay. And then you can have some that are dental implants, which I think I think those are bone grafting? No, that's not right. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's kinda wild. And something that I learned recently is you can buy like a lot of human teeth. So 
Are we doing that? Or? No, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Is that I, I saw uh, as a result of now my my Instagram feeds all fucked up. So like <laughs> when when I scroll down, I just keep seeing teeth jewelry. <sighs> I'm not sorry. You did yeah. this to yourself. <laughs> I got curious. But, and like one of them was actually really funny because it was like the tooth fairy. <laughs> so it was little wings. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's, I need a picture of it. That's disgusting. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I need you to find that <sighs> picture, but that's disgusting. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we will share that person to our Instagram, obviously, because yes. we're talking about them. And I don't know their name, but they have like a whole store where you can buy teeth stuff. I'll post it on <laughs> the story. Okay. Thanks for Jesus coming fucking, to my talk about teeth. Jesus fucking Christ. I regret <laughs> This, this whole show up to this <sighs> moment right here is why I fucking regret doing this. <sighs> You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> anyways, um, you want to know what I don't fucking regret though? <laughs> what? Spooky stories. Stop laughing. I can't. No, you can't. I'm very warm. Yeah, your face is a little red. Yeah, it's redder than normal. Great. Anyways, what do you want? I would like booty ass, please, in the traditional um, thing. Yeah? Yeah, tradition. Booty ass as is traditional. Heads, I go first. Okay, great. As as I was slamming the coin, not slamming, but placing the coin on the top of my hand, I was like... Look at those veins. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> the lesbians. Anyways. Every time I see an attractive woman, I end up looking at her hands and just laughing. <gasps> and it makes me uncomfortable with myself. <laughs> Why the fuck are you trying to like, what? No, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I just saw this really attractive lady the other day. And then I immediately, I was like, Katie and the fucking lesbians and their hands. And it made me laugh. That's all you. <laughs> That's all you. This has nothing to fucking do with me at this point now. You're just trying to, like, sneak a dick pic from, like, a lesbian or something. Apparently. Well, I mean, they're just on display, right? People's hands are I can't just out in the you. open. Okay. Ugh. You are, you, you, this is you. This is all me. Nothing it is what it is. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <gasps> See, people who listen to our podcast backwards will have no idea what we're talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely not. They'll be like, I'm sorry, the dick pic, the hand dick pic? I don't understand. What? If okay, I'll explain that part of it. If Never. a lesbian sends no, I mean well, go I'll for it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> that's fine. Proceed. If a, les- if a lesbian sends a picture of her hands, is that technically considered a dick pic? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, I guess unless they send you an actual dick pic, like, eh. huh? I don't know. I don't know. What? Eh. No. Hey. Anyways, uh, well, this will get weird. Anyway, you're welcome. Okay, um. What do we do here? Oh, um, if you want to support whatever the fuck this is, please be sure to head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash haunt her. I barely know her. We have two tiers. We have an investigator tier at $5 where you get your basic bullshit. And then the $7 medium tier where you get access to bonus episodes. You get a sticker. And a sticker. And you get a personal virtual high five from me, which I still have to send out. So (laughs) because we've had one Patreon member since I said that. And and just to like a little because like we don't talk about what bonus episodes we talk about. So um, I did a bonus episode on the Akashic 
session that I did with Tara, and that oh, was fucking yeah. wild. Um, that was we also some good have shit. a series. We have we have a series um, where we it's called bully bullying Katie. Yeah, we do. We gotta do another one of those. We gotta do another one of those. Yeah, it's um, where I make Katie watch horror movies or like like YouTube horror shorts. Yep, it's pretty fun. Um, and then I've been covering the Gateway Experience for too fucking long, and then so you've long. been covering all the conspiracy bullshit. Yeah. I'm reading a book that is semi-related to everything going on with the Gateway Experience. Gimme. Oh, I have notes done for the next episode of the Gateway Experience. Oh, I meant to yeah. record that the past week, this past weekend, but my tire popped and I was like, I fuck yeah. no. And then I couldn't really and talk, so. That, oh, that's right. That's why we could Okay. And <laughs> yeah, then also, that's why we didn't. And then I bought you Elden Ring and then here we are. That's all I've our done. Pro- our, pro- our productivity <laughs> has gone into the fucking toilet. Okay. We. <laughs> glad to be here okay i'm Same. going first yeah tell me all about i have no idea what you're talking about so tell me so actually i asked rena i was like hey mm-hmm. rena like i need you to give me a spooky bitch and he, she was just like Ed- edgar casey duh and i was like i don't know who the fuck this is oh my god okay how how we have never heard of this guy is beyond me okay it's just i don't like if you don't know who edgar casey is and you're in paranormal what the fuck? What are you doing? Okay. Right. What are you doing? What, what are you even doing, doing with right. your life? I don't... Not learning about Edgar Casey. Like, that's just... Same. We're gonna learn together. We're gonna learn today, bitch. All right. So, Edgar Casey is also called the Sleeping Prophet and the Father of Holistic Medicine. The Sleeping Prophet? Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll explain it. Okay. I'll explain it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There's a reason. Yeah. There's okay. a reason. I, I assumed. So, he was born in... 1877 so obviously he is not alive today oh spoilers when, spoiler alert um <laughs> do you know weirdly enough he was born in hop hopkinsville kentucky wow small world that's like Isn't a that hop what? skip and a jump for me shut up why hopkinsville i know what you fucking <laughs> did get that shit eating grin off your face so anyways one of six children um I always ask the question of, you know, if somebody has woo-woo, when did they get their woo-woo? And this guy was apparently woo-woo since he was born. Oh, no. Woo-woo. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, in his childhood, one of, like, the first things that happened was that he could could see and chit-chat with his late grandfather. Okay. And he always claimed that he knew he was talking to his dead grandfather because he he said if if he could look hard enough, he could see right through him. Oh, gross. Yeah. And and would also play with other imaginary friends that were, in fact, dead children. Gross. Yeah, it was not fun. So at the young and youthful age of 10, he was brought into a church where, weirdly enough, he was fascinated with the Bible. Okay. He was, he Rock was on. like a, yeah. So like within the next two years, he read the Bible 12 times. That's a commitment. Well, I don't like, think I've like, met anyone that has like, hey, I've read the Bible 12 times in two years. Like, I tried to read it once, and I got to, like, page two, and I was like, I, no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, some so. some of the historical stuff's pretty good if you like violence and wars. I don't. And I don't. murders. I don't. Or incest. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> so, oops. Whoops. Yeah, so he reads it. So, um, I think I mentioned this somewhere later in my notes, but I... I don't know if I did. Oh, there, there it is. Okay, we'll get to that point in a second. All right. So, like a good little boy in 1998, he's out in his little wood hut in the middle of Kentucky. 1898? Like, 1889. Oh, okay. 
Is that what I said? No, you said 1998. I was like, that's not right. 1889. <laughs> okay, great. You. No, you're fine. All the blood is in my legs. So he was chilling because of the gym. Jesus I assumed. I assumed. Okay, thank you. So um, he was chilling in his little wood hut, reading his Bible like a good little boy, right? As you do. And a woman of white with wings Bam. came to him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> came to him and said, his prayers have been answered. And she asked him what he wanted. He was scared shitless, first of all. He was Absolutely. Like, what the f-? He was like, what the fuck is happening? And he just said that he just wanted to help sick, sick children. And Aww. he wanted to become a little, little missionary boy. That's precious. I was like, that's so sweet. That's so nice, right? So because of the woman of white and everything that was happening, I guess it was like a little, a little too overwhelming for him. He couldn't focus on his schoolwork, right? So obviously the teacher's tell his parents hey he's like not doing too well so his dad's pissed off dad's mad sits him down in his chair and starts drilling him on his spelling okay he's like you need a fucking spell so he can't because he hasn't been paying attention and his dad knocks him out of the chair out of frustration jesus which is right which is fucked up so the woman came to to a million yeah yeah so it gets it gets even it goes from zero to a trillion in just a second so the woman comes to him okay and says they can help him if he goes to sleep. Okay. So he does. Okay. On top of his spelling book. Okay. When his father comes back in, wakes Casey up, and starts testing him again. To which this time, Casey is able to answer every single spelling question correctly. That's wild. And his dad thought he was fucking with him the first time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Threw him out of the chair again. shit so he was blessed with the uh power to sleep on a fucking book and retain all that information that is every high school age (laughs) child's dream to just obtain information via osmosis like that's all any of us ever fucking wanted and this bitch had it that's i literally yelled out loud (sighs) what the fuck why can't i have that right exactly bullshit god i know i would pay the extra money for a physical fucking book bullshit yep like why can't we just rent it for a day sleep on it and then return it absolutely three hundred dollar math book my ass (laughs) so after this obviously he gets this this fucking superpower and he is now the top top tier student because that's how garbage right fucking loser so call him a nerd and bully him no no (laughs) so that's a joke so Get a good stretch in there. Yeah, it was a good stretch. It was a great stretch. <laughs> the best stretch. The of best all stretches. <laughs> so Casey, as I said, was like the holistic healer, right? Yeah. He, he. This is his first moment of doing his healy woo woo bullshit. Okay. During a ball game, and motherfucker, I didn't look this up. Uh, he gets hit in his. That's. I'm not gonna say coccyx, but that's not right. Um. Hold on, let me let me go Tri- look. It's a triangular arrangement of the of bone that is made up of the very portion of the spine below the sacrum. I think that is the so, coccyx. Ah, where are we at? Coccyx. Is that how you say that? I think so. Is that your tailbone? Yeah, yeah. coccyx. Yeah, your yeah. tailbone. Your tailbone. What the fuck? Why did they just say tailbone? Your Piss. ass Anyways. bone. Right. Okay. So he gets fucking nailed in the ass bone with a ball. Shit. It just was not the same afterwards. Okay. So he, like, I guess he goes to sleep, right? Glaze down, falls asleep. In yeah. his fucking sleep, 
comes up with a cure for his ailment. Okay. In his sleep. Like, is talking to his parents. Okay. Telling them what to do. Okay. And he make and they make the concoction, and what you fucking know it returns him back to normal. Like it wakes him up, or it fixes his butt bone. Like I guess like he was having issues from his butt bone being hit. Yeah. And so when they did the concoction, and they never said what the concoction was. I I could probably like if I really wanted to, like if I really wanted to find out what it was. But um, that's wild. Was fine after that. Huh. Yep. So that that kind of like gets on timeout for a little bit. That healing woo woo bullshit, but. Um, so he kind of like continues to live his life. So believe it or not, you know, from somebody who read the Bible 12 times, he's big into church. No way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most people was... who read the Bible that much are not that into regular church. So. Right. Right. Hmm. Big, big church. Hmm. Big into, big into big church. Hmm. <laughs> Press um, F for disi- doubt. Disciples of Christ. Oh, okay. Proceed. Is that, is that a, is that a branch? Yes. Yeah, that's a branch. Okay. I can't remember exactly what they believe, but I've heard of them. I think they're okay. a Pentecostal offshoot, but if they're not, please don't yell at me if you are. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're just making a guesstimation. Yeah, I'm not there. certain. Okay. Well, you can Google it. So anyways, weirdly enough, this is what I found weird, is that he was a Sunday school teacher, and I thought, oh, maybe he didn't tell people. I don't know at this point if he told people or not that he could be all woo-woo, but like if he did and was and could do all these things, I really was surprised that parents would let him teach their kids uh, oh right okay like that makes sense yeah so i don't know at this point if he was like out or not like quote unquote out right fair fair right so but what okay actually no i wrote these notes like a week ago so i kind of forgot what my next point was at this point he does claim that he sees auras speaks to angels and could hear the voices of family members who had recently passed interesting okay yes so he did claim all that. So I was curious as to why people like didn't lynch him. I don't know. Maybe because he's a man. I have no idea. So in 1900, the year. Okay. He forms, Casey forms a severe. Oh, would you know it? It's because I did these notes. I manifested it. Uh, formed a severe case of laryngitis. You asshole. <laughs> it was you. You motherfucker. <laughs> it was you bullshit it wasn't the weather it was you it was all you ah! that's awful i don't know oh the cat came running out here because i screamed i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> asshole okay, shit i mean it's okay now i can talk did i manifest that sometimes i manifest stuff when i write these notes it wouldn't be the first time that i manifest something yep from these notes i hate it you can <laughs> stop anytime sorry <laughs> How many times do I have to write pretty lady to manifest one? Pretty At nice least lady? Fifty times. Uh, Just like some of those do. walls in Elden Ring. At least fifty times. Some of those what? Walls. Roll into them? At least fifty times. Why are we rolling into walls in Elden Ring? Because there's illusory walls. Oh, the fake walls? Yes. Oh, there's, I don't. Yeah, there's apparently uh at least two that take uh fifty times before they unillusory. That's fucking stupid which i think is a glitch i don't think that's real i think it's a glitch i mean it is dark souls right so like yeah i mean it could be but anyway sorry soul soul born what is the name of this trilogy it's from soft is the company from software well no like there's a that series has a name yeah souls born that's correct okay okay cool i was right anyways all that to say 
Casey got a severe case of laryngitis and then gave it to Zoe. Um, Fucking rude. All right. So he also lost his voice as well. But his was like more severe, right? So he um, used a traveling hypnotist as an attempt to restore his voice. I don't think that's how that works. Um, When you know it, uh, spoiler alert, it did. So the first one failed, though. I should have just gone to a hypnotist. Bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, you're, I'm that, upset. That's your fucking fault. Hot so anyways, tea and honey doesn't fucking work, boys. You're zero for two. <laughs> Bullshit. Not me allergic to honey. Um, <laughs> Please Jesus don't Christ. drink honey. Uh, so it took two more hypnos- hypnotists, but eventually it was a little convoluted about what was happening. It was like they could get him into a trance, but then they couldn't get him further into a trance. So okay. they kept failing. Okay. So one of so the later one of the hypno guys was just kind of like, "Hey, you you're in your own trance. You fix yourself. Like when you get there, see if you can do something about it. Because like they couldn't. There's like stages of trances, and they can only get them to like I don't know, like the second stage, and not to the third. So they're like, "Dude, you do it." And so they got him there, and then he like out loud again, like declared his treatment, and then that was it. Yeah, and, and his voice was cured. Huh. I wish that worked for me. Right. I'm so sorry. So the the latter hypno guy was like, uh, you should do this for a living because you can apparently heal people in a trance-like state or Magic. like come up with remedies. <laughs> hey, do you know you cannot drink a full bottle of Sprite without burping? I would agree because it's carbonated. <laughs> what the way is... Like, no, no, no. You, you can't finish the full bottle of Sprite like and not burp. I feel like there's people on the internet that would argue with you. Um, there was a girl who did it with a bang, and instead of burping, she started farting, and it was really funny. That's also an option. <laughs> and if you, she was like, fun fact: if you hold in your farts, it comes out your mouth. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Stinky breath. It. You're stinky. Shut up. Stinky Don't breath is true. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So no. <laughs> no, shut up. Uh, I'm not that gullible. Shut up. So so. So Casey is like a like a like a free free kind of guy. He's yeah. like, I don't want to charge anybody. I don't want to like whatever. So after some back and forth, he was like, Fine, I'll do it. But it all has to be for free, and he doesn't want to know anything about the person. Like okay. he just said, it, it's not necessary like to heal this person. So I don't know if he didn't want to like get attached. I have no idea. But didn't want to know him. Would do it for free. Okay. So this hypno guy, his name is Al Lane. He he described it as a self-imposed hypnotic trance which induces clairvoyancy huh. so like i guess different tools to get you there and this is how casey Boyd got himself there okay so different right. different strokes for different folks right 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 exactly yeah. um exactly that so so casey he started doing it and it was a huge success he also found out that he could heal people via letters like they could write into him all he needed was a name, a location, what their ailment was, and he could do his do his woo woo and prescribe cures to people with his trans 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 trance like state. Okay, Thank so you. he was the original WebMD, is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it actually gave you like cures to your ailments, and not tell you have cancer every single fucking time you cough. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) That was good. I guess. It's fine. Um, Mm. All right. So the entire time, 
he 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 works for free doesn't ask for a single fucking dime um though later he did open up a shop under the guise of like two different doctors okay um and then he got like too much and then was told to like shut it down oh okay right yeah because also it's still kentucky whoops okay in in the 1900s early early 1900s so he ended up pairing up with this guy named wesley h ketchum reluctantly he kind of didn't want to do it anymore because it was like not quite what he wanted but he does it he he catch him kind of like um almost borderline harasses him into doing it oof so yeah so so um he does it he he gets in he gets in partnership with ketchum and he starts doing it again at his practice and believe it or not his wife was never into the readings oh interesting yeah yeah, which I thought was interesting. But wouldn't you know it, she comes down with TB. Whoops. Good old <laughs> consumption. Whoops. So the doctors couldn't cure her. And they finally agreed that Casey was going to go into a trance-like state, come up with a cure. He did it, and it cured her. So she was just like, That's dang. wild. Right. So I thought that was a really funny story of she's like, I'm not into it. And then it like literally saves her fucking life. I mean, that's, yeah. Yep. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like, since since he's all, like, into the Bible and stuff, that sounds like a, some biblical stories to me. The Does wife's it? like, no, nah, I'm not into it. And the husband's like, no, just listen to me. God told me so. And then it works out. And then when she finally listens. Yeah. And then a pillar of salt. Wild. Know it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> not um, that one. Not that. Oh, God. So, um... So that happens, and then after dealing with this Ketchum guy, they later find out that Ketchum was somehow gambling on, like, Casey's readings. I mean, yeah. I can't say I wouldn't do it. What the fuck? What? I mean, like, it's a good way to make money, right? I mean, you would let the other person know. Say say you're joking. Say psych right now. No. (laughs) Bruh. (laughs) The morality. (laughs) I mean, You're stressing me out. I mean, yeah, that's true. The morality of the situation. You were correct. Yeah. Don't don't make that face. <laughs> Anyways, so Casey dips. Casey's like, fuck you, I'm out. Dips. Uh, this whole entire time, by the way, he's a photographer. I kind of forgot to mention that. Is he a spear photographer? No, he just oh, takes pictures. A regular one? Okay. Yep. That's fine. He takes pictures. Um, Yeah, he, took, he started taking pictures when his voice went out. Mmm. When his voice first went out, because it was like a long period of time his voice was out and they couldn't figure it out. And like hypnosis was the last ditch effort. That's wild. I should have said that, but yeah, that's You're okay. That's, okay. So, so all of that to, to lead into, he moves to Alabama um, to a photography firm. Ooh. All right. So, photographer by day, healer by night. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> I didn't think that would get a laugh out of you. Um, Ooh. I got like a good chuckle out of you. That makes me feel yeah. good. Uh, yeah, because it just it made me think of like Batman. But that's what. Yeah, yeah. thank you. No. That's what it was. It was very good. Yeah. You did great. That yeah. was good. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so this is at this point he's kind of getting broke. So he's just kind of like, I'll take donations. If you got money, I'll take it. If you don't got money, don't worry about it. He also invented a game. My voice just cracked. The yeah, fuck? it did. He <laughs> laryngitis <laughs> he is coming. Shut up. Don't jinx me, man. The, the the cherry blossoms here are in full bloom. Anyways, he also invented a game called Pit, and it's sold to this day. You could Google it. It's like a stock market game, I think, or like Pit, like, or like P-I-T a- or P-I-T-T. P-I-T, P-I-T card game. And like now they added like this auto auto matri- uh, auto something part to it. 
like a buzzer or something. Huh. Should we buy it and play, do a Patreon episode on playing it? Absolutely, we should. It looks kind of lame, but. Well, I mean, it's $13 on Amazon. Oh, that's not bad. No. 74 premium cards. The fuck? All right, anyways. So along comes this dude named Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Lammers. Okay. He's a, he's a student of metaphysics. And he challenged Casey to give a reading on philosophical subjects. Now, um, as he's as he's doing these readings, he can also just answer questions. Like if someone asks him a question in this translate state, he'll answer it. Okay. You know what he was? You know what he was doing? Spoiler alert. What? He was he was accessing the Akashic records. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I wanted you to say it. Yeah, I said it. Thank okay. you. Cool. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Awesome. So, okay. So this is why he, like, this guy's like, all right, I want you to answer some philosophical questions, right? Okay. So here's what Casey said in his trance. Some of his, like, shit, his shit's written down, but you have to, like, we'll, we'll get into, like, the whole membership thing in a second, but, like, some of his shit is still written out there. So Casey says in his trance, now, mind you, he's, he's a relig- he's a church-going, Jesus Christ individual, all right? Correct. In this, we see the plan of development of those individuals set up Set upon this plane, meaning the ability to enter again into enter to enter again into the presence of the creator and become a full part of that creation. Insofar as this entity is concerned, this is the third appearance on this plane. And before this one, as the monk, we see glimpses in this life of the entity now as we're shown in the monk in this mode of living. The body is only the vehicle ever of that spirit and the soul that wafts through all time and ever remain the same. So that's, so that's um, reincarnation with the same soul. Huh. That's basically what he said. So um, that upset him. I don't, I didn't write this in my notes, but that actually upset Casey because he's like, no, that's not what I've read in the Bible. Absolutely. That would upset you. Right. Yeah. And he actually did not believe he said that when he woke up. Yeah. He's like, I didn't say that. Yowzers. Um, I was about to right, say, so that's that's a little counter. Yes. So Eesh. it kind of was like a... He he kind of battled this this whole thing the whole entire time because he was like... I, I couldn't really understand what he was upset about it over exactly, but he, he kind of was on the fence about it. Like, he didn't know why he had these powers or what they were for, like, he, he, like, the, like the morality of it, so... It kind of bothered him to some degree, like, doing this stuff. So, well, I mean, some of the stuff. Yeah, it, it would depend on if he was on the Pentecostal side of the fence or not. Um, because some people are cessationists. They believe that there's, like, nothing at all paranormal happening anywhere, no matter, like, God doesn't act. And then other people are like, yeah, God acts, and that's paranormal is a thing. And so I guess it would depend on where he fell on that range. I don't know. Hmm. Not the reincarnation range. He did not like no, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, so Lammers told Casey to move with him to Dayton and to pursue metaphysical truth via readings. So off Casey and his wife went to Ohio. So that was very short-lived. Um, Lammers dropped the ball, the money balls. He dropped the money balls. The and, money um, balls. Right. So um, the Akashic Records told Casey to move to Virginia Beach and do some legit work there. Are you ready for this name? Yeah, Are you ready for this name? Tell me. Morton Blumenthal. Blumenthal. Blumenthal, thank you. Gotcha. Thank you. (laughs) Morton Blumenthal. Uh, This dude worked in a stock exchange. 
uh, uh, an entrepreneur, a.k.a. a young person with a lot of money, uh, took interest in Casey and started funding his life in Virginia Beach and bought him a house. Oh, shit. Bought him a house. Yeah. And then in October of October 11th of 1928, also bought him a hospital. Huh. And uh, Casey got to work the next day with their first patient on the property. So this is kind of what um, Casey believed the treatment because everyone's like, what's the treatments? What's the treatments? You're right. Absolutely. So let me, let's, let's talk about what the treatments kind of looked like. Casey believed that the treatment needed to be taken as food through the body or treatment to restore proper equilibrium to take in said food. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that make yeah. sense? Okay. So to any degree, his therapies were salt packs, pulp. Poultices? Mm-hmm. Pol- yeah. How do you say that? Poultices. Poultices. Okay. Hot compresses, color healing, magnetism, vibrator treatment, if you know what I mean. Huh. Um, massages, osteopathic manipulation, dental therapy, colonics, enemas, antiseptics, inhalants, homeopathics, essential oils. Get I it. mean, the enemas got me. That's that's the one. Have you heard of people who are like, coffee enemas will solve your problems? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> no. So Some people no, take wanted, this shit too far. No, I wanted to do the essential oils because of the MLMs. Yeah. Oh! I mean, we can sell <laughs> lavender essential oil if you want. We can brand it and put a little ghosty on it. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it either. That makes me I uncomfortable. Right, I'm just like, buy my oils, they'll cure your whatever, no. Buy these oils, they'll make you less sad. (laughs) (laughs) They won't, they'll just make me richer and you sadder. Oh my god, it'll make me not sad. Um, And also mud baths. These were all things that, this is all in the range of things that he would prescribe to to achieve equilibrium. Equilibrium. Substances used in his therapy also included, but not limited to, oils, salts, herbs, iodine, witch hazel, magnesia, bismuth. Did I say that right? Bismuth? Yes. Bismuth. Yeah. Alcohol, castoria, lactated pepsin, turpentine. I don't know why the fuck he prescribed turpentine. Charcoal, animated ash, soda, cream of tartar. (laughs) Oh, every time I read cream of tartar, that's not food. Um... Uh, I can't read the last four of these. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold them. on. Cream of tartar, asinite, l- laudum. Laudum. It's a, a Camp- pain medicine. Camphor. Uh, camphor. Which I've talked know. to you about before. Yeah, actually. And yeah. gold solution. Um, and gold solution. Thank you. I could pronounce uh, gold solution for anyone. Laudum. Yeah, no, laudum is a is a opiate. Laudum is an oh. opiate. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Um. Yeah, so he, he did that for a little bit, and then, um, of course, um, being investors as they are, did some backwater bullshit <laughs> and caused the hospital to be shut down. Of course, as you do. Right, right. So after the fall of the hospital, he started what were called study groups to learn how to be psychics like him. Okay. So he started it, and I guess put out like a thing like, hey, come join me Friday nights for like hors d'oeuvres and how to be a psychic like me and 61 people showed up to the study group oh yeah to which this became known as known to this day as the association for research and enlightenment oh fancy this development has grown and even to this day is present at virginia beach oh shit let's go to virginia beach dog i'm ready yep it is it is open to his to the public but his readings are saved for members only Oh, that's dumb. 
You want to hear how many readings he did? Don't yeah. look at the number. Don't yeah. look at the number. I'm not. 14,306 readings. That's a lot of readings. Yes. Damn it. He, That's not what I wanted. And those were all... Bruh. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. Okay. Get out of my notes. I Get won't. I will um, never do that. I already signed up us up for like their newsletters in the... Um, podcast email fuck yeah i was gonna see um (laughs) how much a membership cost is uh oh they just put it out it's 8.99 a month that's not bad it's the email and the thing and you get let's see oh we got a oh did you see that we got a request oh shit what's up dog hell yeah the the golden eagle haunted car we'll look into it hell yeah um yeah unlimited access to everything casey only 8.25 a month or 90 dollars a year or $19 for three months is the trial membership. Ooh. We got to try it out. When I have more time and things calm down, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll look into it. We'll double cap. Hell right, yeah. Cool. All right. There was a publication of his readings called 100 Cases of Clairvoyance. Okay. But of course, the scientific community just shredded it to fucking pieces. Of course they do because, you I mean, know. Yeah. Right. So uh, there was one biography biography if you will of casey there's only one and it's called there is a river by thomas sergu god bless you i don't know how to say his last name if you hear rustling in the background it's a cat playing with his paper um all right so this is kind of where we kind of go downhill at the start of world war ii he became famous because of a magazine article titled how, why did I spell miracle wrong? Jesus Christ. Miracle. Miracle man, <laughs> miracle, miracle man of Virginia Beach. Okay. And because of this, a bunch of families start writing into them, writing into him to find their missing loved ones, right? Because people would go off and then um, don't know if they died or not. Yeah. So because of that. Yeah. He, he, he kind of was at a set standard of only like two readings a day. The, the letters coming in bumped him up to eight readings a day. Jesus. Because, yeah, because I guess he kind of, like, felt bad yeah. about, like, not answering these questions, right? Yeah, felt responsible, so, too. So they scolded him, oh, which no. they, they, they is the Akashic Records, for doing too many readings in one day and told him to go back down to two because it was taking a toll on his body. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a big deal. Yep. Um, from June of 1943 to June of 1944, he did 1,385 readings. That's so many. That's so many fucking readings. Jesus. Oh my God. Yep. So his body gave in and like he just, it like fucking crippled him and he was told to stop or he would die of a stroke. Whoops. One year later, he died of a stroke. Whoops. Oops. Aches. So he Wait. died in 45. When was he born again? Hold on. I have your notes 1877. open. 1877. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he yep. lived a pretty good amount of time. 45. 80? No. No, 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 no. 70. Yeah. No, no, no. 70? 68, yeah. 68? Okay. That's not bad, though. Right. I mean, still, but ew. Oh, see here in my notes is where I put Casey was reading from the Akashic Records. Ha. Huh. I knew it was in there somewhere. I, spo- I spoiled myself. Anyways, okay. So um, he was reading from the Akashic Records, so his tool as a way for him to access the records was to, was to go into a trance-like, trance-like state. Unlike our girl Tara, she did not go into a trance-like state. That's because true. Because she's a, a badass. Anyways, Casey believed that everyone can access the records. Wild. So, so when an 18-year-old asked him what the records were like, he explained it that it was kind of like a movie theater for him. That... 
A movie can be replayed to better understand a person and their experiences. For lessons learned, opportunities lost, faults acquired, and experiences gained. Huh. So he described it like that, and then another person later asked him how he described the records in a session. And so this is, quote, what he said. You little shit, quit playing the papers. That's not what he said. I'm talking about cats. So <laughs> Casey said, and I quote, When there is the thought or the activity of the body in any particular environ, this is this is very this very activity makes for the impressions upon the soul as to the records made by such an activity these are written upon what is known as time or space much in the form or manner as are the messages that are of a familiar nature to the body in its present activity as the instruments of recording are used so does the activity of energy expended leave its imprints upon the etheric wave that records between time and space that desire to be put as to that impelling or producing this is so fucking hard to read oh my god just as the figures or characters make for communications between individuals so do so does the soul upon the pages or records of time and space interesting yes so um i thought this was really cool and this makes like a whole lot of more sense to me in my brain. Yeah. So because Casey's a religious man and then like reincarnation got thrown into the mix, he, I think, kind of like justified it in his brain that he believed we are created in the image of God in spirit. Our bodies are just vessels for our souls. They're temporal homes. Like we're spiritual beings with physical existence. But yeah. like in spirit, do we take up the image of God, not our bodies? Okay. Interesting. And that is and that is Edgar Casey. Interesting. Yeah. Fancy. And that yeah, I thought that was neat. I thought that was a really cool dude. That's super nifty. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners. I had no idea that that guy existed, and that was pretty great. Right. Like how did that slip through the fucking cracks, right? Like I don't know, but we're going to Virginia Beach. Yep. That's where we're going. All right. So you good with knowing that guy? Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Um, cool. What do I what do I do here? Patreon. This is the this is the part of the episode, thank you, it, where <laughs> we give shout out to our newest Patreon member. Fuck our newest Patreon members. However, we do not have any new Patreon members today, and that is a okay. So if you want to give a shout out, get get your shout out here at this moment on our podcast right here right now. Be sure to head on over to Patreon.com and sign up for any one of our tiers, and you'll get a shout out right here right now. Any two of our tiers. That's what I said. Yeah. Any one of right. the two. But if you want to help out in any way that's not monetary, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and drop a rate and review. You can also hop on over to Spotify and leave a rate and review. Or anywhere else you're listening to us, please be sure to do the thing. Because if you like what we do, rate and review. Is your voice going out? Yep. <coughs> I'm going to die. Cough it out. Cough it out. Because you got to talk now. Ha 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 ha. It's your turn. Tell me, it is. Zoe Nolhen. All right. So we've waited way too long to talk about the dramatic bullshit. Oh my god. I need a tea. Okay, yeah. Give me that. Yes. Give me that tea. So, uh first things first, uh I want to give a, a shout out to uh the very first person that we ever interviewed on our show, uh Austin. Uh what's yes. up, dog? Uh he definitely messaged me this past week and was like, "Are you telling me?" and was like super dramatic and was like, "I need to know what happened. What the fuck?" So, shout out to you, dog. Thanks. 
one, the fact that he was very dramatic like yes. that is just par for the course. Two, I'm so happy he's listening. That makes me really happy. I know, sweet boy. Makes me very happy. And his co-host Dane listens too. So shout out to you too, man. What's up? <gasps> That's so sweet. Ten Thank out of ten. You. I saw Dane in public the other day, and it took me a minute <gasps> to realize who he was because he was like, "Hey, it's you." And I was like, "Uh, uh, what? Uh, huh, what? Oh, hey, a fan. Oh, wait." <laughs> it startled me. It was great. Okay, so The Warrens, part two. Tell me. So last week, everything was all like hunky-dory and the Warrens were like good to each other and like super in love and they like help people, right? And they're all like mega Catholic. Shut up. That's what they did. And they were like mega Catholic. (laughs) And everybody knew that if you needed an exorcism and the church wasn't going to help you, you could call them and they'd help you, right? No. (sighs) Well, as Katie mentioned last week. For a price, but go ahead. It might not have been true. So, uh, or depending on your opinion of the Catholics, you know, they're just kind of sweeping some bad shit under the rug to be like, no, nah, this guy's fine. Sounds Catholic, right? Right. Whoops. 100%. Oh, no, this guy got, because, I mean, isn't it like a traditional practice for, oh, no, this priest got accused of sexual misconduct. We're just going to move them to a new parish. Isn't that a thing that yes. the Catholics do? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That is 100% what they fucking do. Like, move Whoops. them like states, um, c- c- countries, like, just move them whoops so everyone forgets maybe we should let the priests marry but that's that's a little too much for them obviously yeah. huh. okay so we're going back to 2013 or i guess we're going forward to 2013 okay the first conjuring film is released top studio executives were made aware of allegations that in the early 1960s ed warren initiated a relationship with an underage girl with lorraine's knowledge and permission Woo! If that makes you with her, uncomfortable, with, the rest of the episode is about that, so. What? Whoa, with her knowledge? And permission, yes. Um, the, this information was made public in an article written by The Hollywood Reporter in 2017. Ooh. So this girl's name is Judith Penny. She's now in her 70s. She has said in a sworn declaration that she lived in the Warren's house as Ed's lover for over 40 years. Ew. Yep. Ew. So it's unclear at this point if Warner Brothers took any action in response to this information, but we all know Warner Brothers knew about it. Um, and also- They're just waiting. That, <laughs> I kind of explain a little bit about what's going on later, but so the Warrens in the movies are a very like, happy couple. Everything is good. So Judith actually saw the movie- saw the way the Warrens were depicted and was like, that's not fucking true. And that is what caused her to, like, come forward about what was happening. She she hasn't gone public with any of this information. It's just been found by the Hollywood Reporter after it was reported to the studio. Wait, like, you said she didn't go public, but she did in a sworn dick. Yeah, so she so- sent in a sworn declaration to the studio. The Hollywood Reporter got a hold of that information. Nice. So it's not like she went to the reporter and said, hey, let me tell you what happened. She's never done that to a new studio. She's never, Leaked. yeah, she's never done something like that. It was just found through whatever means reporters Leaked. do stuff. They fucking stole it. Yeah, I don't know. Either In- way. Insider job. Anyway. Uh, okay, cool. nah, nah, nah. So the studio itself declined to comment when the Hollywood reporter reached out to them. An attorney for the studio asserted in court documents, so like legal binding documentation, that a disgruntled author and a producer, who I will talk about later, are the ones that are suing the studio over the profits from the franchise and are pushing the story of Judith as a personal vendetta. 
So it's claimed that the the whole story is fabricated, and it's just the this author and this ex-producer pushing that to try and get the studio to give them money. Oh, wow. So okay. that's one side of the story. I'm going to tell you all of this is alleged. None of this has been proven. There's nothing going on been proved in a court of law, but here we are. I'm just telling you what I found. So as we know, Ed died in 2006. And Lorraine was in her 90s in poor health at the time these allegations came out in 2017. And her lawyer, her family lawyer, Gary Barkin, says that the family had no knowledge of the alleged conduct and Lorraine was in declining health and was unable to give a response to the allegations. Damn. So, I mean, yeah, when you accuse somebody of something when they're 90, like, I don't want my blood pressure. I wouldn't want my blood pressure going up because I might have a heart attack. So... She would you know. fucking die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. So the movie version of Ed and Lorraine, deep, deeply in love, super happy couple, very romantic relationship. Everything's good, but apparently maybe that's not true. So Judith Penny claims that Ed, with his wife's knowledge, initiated a romantic relationship when she was 15. Ed would have Gross. been in his mid-30s. Gross. Yep. So outside of that statement written by the studio and Audio recordings were also collected from Judith Penny that the studio got, or the the Hollywood Reporter got a hold of. Uh Those were all sent to Warner Brothers Studio, and they were obtained from Warner Brothers in whatever sneaky way they did. They stole it. Yeah. I don't know. They did something. (laughs) So that would mean, like I said, Ed was in his mid-30s when he allegedly met Judith. He would have been uh, relatively unknown at the time in the early 60s. He would have been working as a city bus driver in Monroe, Connecticut. Oh. So that's how he met her. She was a high school student at Central High School in Bridgeport, Connecticut, who rode his bus. Ew. Soon after their meeting, Judith uh, claims to have moved in with the Warrens. Ew. Like, within the first, like, 63, I think is when it said that she moved. So... First couple of years, like, very quickly. So at first, Judith claimed she was in a bedroom directly opposite the one that Ed and Lorraine occupied in their home. But eventually, she moved into an apartment that was built above the home just for her. So she had her own apartment, separate from the Warren space. Okay. So she's quoted to saying, one night he'd sleep downstairs, and one night he would sleep upstairs. So you might ask me, Zoe, how the fuck... Did a young woman move in with a married couple not gain any attention at all? I'll answer right. that question for you. Somebody fucking noticed. So, oh, Judith was arrested shortly after moving in because someone reported her relationship with Ed to local police. Why was she arrested? Because she was technically still a minor or just barely he 18. Should, he should fucking be arrested. Absolutely. F- but listen, so they arrested her. And according to her, she spent the whole night in North End Prison in Bridgeport while the officers tried to persuade her to sign a statement admitting to the affair. Because if they admitted to the affair, then they could take him to a court of law because she was underage. She never did. She refused to cooperate. And as a result of that, was ordered by a court to report to a delinquent youth officer for the next month. Because, you know, she was still underage. Right. Where were her parents? I don't fucking know. Dad, I, I couldn't find any information on that. No idea. I don't know who the fuck her parents were. I don't know what was going on. No idea. What the fuck? Ah. So, according to <sighs> Judith, uh, she, like, Ed would pick her up from school, high school. Oh, my fucking and God. And drive her to these fucking mandated meetings. 
because that's cool, right? Oh my fucking god. I guess at least she didn't have to ride the bus anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. So Judith also reported that Ed would often tell her that she was the love of his life, which I think is just not great. Like, like I'm not saying that polyamory is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that statutory rape of a minor is bad. And I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. Coercing um, a younger person into like, you now depend on me for everything. Because this, this is in the, the 1960s. Like, she didn't have a job. She was a teenager. Like, he provided food. He provided a house. He provided all of the things. This woman was completely dependent on him. And if they had a sexual relationship, that is not okay. <sighs> Ew. Yeah. So this makes me a little, little, little upsetty spaghetti. As, as it fucking should. <sighs> Gross. <sighs> okay. So <sighs> it doesn't make it better either. I'm going to go on a soapbox. So sorry. It's happening. It doesn't okay. make it better when she turned 18. That is still a fucking child. Anybody who is in their 30s and is like, oh my God, look at this fucking hot ass 18 year old. Sir, ma'am, what the fuck ever? You need help. That is still, they are a child. I have not once, I work with 18 year olds. I have not once looked at one of them and been like, man, they're fucking hot. No. Bro, as a 27 year old, when I'm in this like shit (sighs) dating pool, like dating someone younger than 25 makes me fucking cringe. Cause I'm like, you you don't, you don't know who you are until you're like 25. Right. Like I'm 27. And it's like, I just barely became like knowing who I am and like Absolutely. confident and secure in myself. Like what the, like, I don't want to deal with that. It's like a child. Exactly. Child. And like, child. Someone who is like 18 or 19 dating someone who is 18 or 19, totally fine. If you're 30, 25, whatever, not cool, man. Not okay. It's creepy. It's a, it's a, it's a gray line. It's a. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) (sighs) So, the love of his life, even though he is publicly saying with Lorraine, this is the love of my life, this is my wife, this is the woman I knew I was going to marry the moment I met her. (sighs) Now there's a child in the mix. Correct. So, even though, apparently, Ed was telling her, you are the love of my life, Judith, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine, presented Judith as her presence in their home as she is a niece or she is some random girl that we are taking care of out of the charity of our heart. I hate them. So, not okay. Not cool, right? Right. Not good. Then, in May, that we're going to skip forward a little bit, in May of 1978, Judith, now in her 30s, allegedly becomes pregnant with Ed's child. Ugh. She claims that Lorraine persuaded her to have an abortion because the birth of a child could become public and a scandal, any scandal at all, would ruin the Warrens' business and image. Because at this point, they were gaining traction in the paranormal community, coming right. forward, making a name for themselves. Any kind of right. scandal on this Catholic man has had an affair with someone that's not his wife and had a child. Big bad deal, right? So, Lorraine convinces her to have an abortion. Judith's opinion on Lorraine was pretty rough. As you can imagine, she believed that Lorraine's public image was that of a good Catholic, but she believed that Lorraine's real god was money. Oh. In a tearful recording obtained by The Hollywood Reporter, Judith is quoted saying, 
They wanted me to tell everyone that someone had come into my apartment and raped me, and I wouldn't do that. I was so scared, I didn't know what to do, but I had an abortion. The night they picked me up from the hospital after having it, they went out and lectured and left me alone. Aww. Whew. That's awful. Absolutely. Like, regardless of, like, this is what makes me think that this this was not a happy, good, like, no, no person can do that to another person. Like, oh, if no, and not be like a happy, normal person. No, so it wasn't good. No, it's it's not a healthy relationship. It's not a happy relationship. I still that's that's a fucked up power dynamic to me. Not okay. Not a good right. time. <sighs> this whole thing's just so awful. So Judith also claimed that Ed wasn't just not great to her. He also was abusive to Lorraine. Oh. She claims that she witnessed him backhand Lorraine so hard she lost consciousness. Oh, fuck. And Judith is quoted saying, sometimes Ed would actually have to slap her across the face to shut her up. Some nights I thought they were going to kill each other. So. <gasps> Holy shit. That's not great. That's not good. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. God, I yep. can't imagine being with somebody that I would get that upset that I would want to hit them. It's like, I no. can't imagine. Like, I, I know it happens, and I know that that's god-awful and fucked up. I can't, as I am currently, I can't imagine ever allowing somebody to do that to me, but I also can't imagine being the person that's so angry that I would hit my partner. <sighs> please, please, God, anybody, if something is going on like this, this is not okay. It's fucked up. Nobody should ever hit you. Please get help. No. There are so many programs, so many things that will help you get out. Please, God. <sighs> it's not okay. It's not. This whole this uh, whole thing is not okay. No. <sighs> so Judith also said that she helped Ed maintain his reputation as a ghost hunter. <sighs> Judith says that Ed wanted to make a video that would show what, like, a white, like, a woman in white would look like if she was spotted. So Judith, in traditional Halloween fashion, donned a white sheet for the filming. Later, she heard in the summer of 1990, Ed had captured the white lady of Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut on tape. When she saw it, it was just her in a fucking sheet. <gasps> yeah. That's really funny, actually. Yep. And people bought it. Oh, my God. So, remember, allegedly. Oh, I don't want to get sued. Allegedly, right. Allegedly. This is all speculation, allegedly. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> mm. So, Lorraine's attorney, uh, Gary Barkin, did make a statement to the Hollywood Reporter that Judy and Tony Sparrow, remember, the, like, Ed Lorraine's daughter and her husband. Um, weirdly enough, her name is also Judy. That's a little uncomfortable to me. Um, what the fuck? That's a little uncomfy. Um, the Warren's daughter and son-in-law uh, said that they never saw any of the alleged conduct during the decades that they spent with Ed, Lorraine, and Judith. So they all admit Judith lived there. There was no sexual relationship, is what the oh. Spurs say. So here is the the quote. The Warrens opened their home to Miss Penny when she was 18 and had nowhere else to live following a childhood of neglect, writes Barkin in an email. During much of their career, Ed and Lorraine were on the road, working on cases and giving lectures, and Miss Penny lived at and watched their house. So that's a reasonable explanation. Okay, that's tit for tat, I what guess. what the lawyer explanation is. They also say that Judith had a long-term boyfriend for much of the time that she lived with them, 
And then she eventually left the house and married him. So that's the thing. She did actually get married to a man. So um, the Spurs believe that Judith is now being manipulated into fabricating these claims. Now that she is older, some things are going on. She's being led to make these claims is what they believe. Okay. All that being said, Lorraine's deal with New Line Cinema for the creation of the Conjuring franchise did include some restrictions. I don't know how normal this is or abnormal this is, so I'm just going to share the information and you draw your own conclusions. Yes. Her instructions recluded. Her restrictions included. <sighs> wow, I tried to but- butcher those together. <sighs> the films couldn't show her or her husband engaging in any crimes, including sex with minors, child pornography, prostitution, or sexual assault. Neither husband or wife could be depicted as participating in extramarital sexual relationships. Why those had to be included, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's normal or not. But here we are. I think it's like, you're saying Lorraine and Ed put that in the cause? Lorraine did. Yeah, that was part of the, we're selling the rights to our story, but you can't do any of this shit. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, because, like, also, I would be like, as my, like, religion, please do not depict me as doing yeah, that. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean, her lawyer very well could have said to do that. So, right. You know. Um, but coincidental? Well, Just too coincidental? I don't know. Uh, blah, 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 I'm going to tell know. you what uh, talent attorney Jill Smith has to say about it. Tell me what talent Smith, Jill, <laughs> what, whatever, tell me. Talent attorney Jill Smith says. Talent attorney Jill Smith. Yes. Tell me. Yeah. She says. She has never seen specific language barring such depictions, though some individuals selling the rights to their stories sometimes do restrict certain portrayals because uh, she's, she says also, quote, I have done deals which prevented depictions of certain specific types of behavior which are not relevant to the underlying story in which typically the person is not known to have participated. Right. Like, don't depict me as being straight and don't depict me as doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully it's just an indicator that she wanted to keep everything above reproach. Here's here's to that. Fingies crossed. P- pickle juice. Ooh. So now as far as the legal battle that I mentioned above. Yeah. Producer Tony DeRosa Grund. He's hyphenated last name. The producer for the first Conjuring movie sent an email informing top Warners and New Line executives that the film was a far cry from advertising the true story of the Warrens. So he is the one that sent the email starting this whole thing uh, with all of the information being like, hey, Judith, live with them, was in a sexual relationship. Like, he's the one that sent the email with all that information. So, th- so this is our guy. This is our producer. That, okay. You know, I mentioned above the, the studio was saying, oh, yeah, that's the guy that's just fucking with us, right? Right. So he has now been completely shut out of any of the sequels, any of the spinoffs, which he claims is unfair because he's not getting any money from. Because, you know, he's not involved anymore. They kicked him out. Right. And he is currently locked in a legal battle with the studio over that. So his email went to Warner's chairman, uh, Kevin Sahara, marketing chief Sue Cross for Warner's, uh, Toby Emmerich, who was then the president of New Line and is now the president of Warner Brothers, outside counsel, so lawyer Michael O'Connor, and in-house lawyer Craig Alexander. So all of those people were CC'd on this fucking email. Oh, shit. Big bunch of people, big bunch of stuff, right? So fun fact, the reason that he was uh, just yeeted 
is that someone who internally read that email to New Line about Judith Penny read it as an, a threat to undermine the credibility of the business. So New Line is currently pursuing sanctions against DeRosa Grund in another pending litigation. So they didn't just kick him the fuck out. They went, okay, you're going to ruin our credibility, so we're going to sue the shit out of you. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so he he big fucked up. He won't be able to make movies until this is handled. Like, he's done. And it will never get handled, because much like what Marvel is doing with Stan Lee's family... Too bad, so sad. You're not going to get any money because that company has so much more than you do. They're going to keep you tied up forever. Yeah. Very sad. So regardless of the actuality of the allegations, whether they're true or not, that's fucking terrible. That's bad. So bad news bears. All around, this whole thing is bad news bears. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So in that email, he also said that the Warrens' marriage wasn't only in shambles, but their daughter, who was also named Judy, didn't even live with them. She lived with Lorraine's mother. Damn. So Judith Penny was the only young girl living in the Warrens' house. Yes, because I was about to say, if the daughter lived there, how the fuck did she not notice a sexual relationship with another person in the house? Right. How fucked up would it be to be like, oh yeah, that's my kid, Judy. Don't worry about it. But it's not your kid, Judy. It's your girlfriend, Judy. Disgusting. It stresses me the fuck out, bro, because I... I can tell. <laughs> I don't know... I can't remember when they had Judy, but I feel like they were about the same age, and that makes me uncomfortable. That makes me really uncomfortable. Google it? Yeah, because... Let's see, in 63, when was... What's her last name? S-P-E-R-A, Spera. When was Judy Spera born? She's 71, 1950. So sh- they would have been almost the same age. I'm uncomfortable. That's gross, if that's true. That is gross. Yeah, absolutely. Disgusting. Yeah, well, she would have been like two or three years older. (laughs) Makes me uncomfy. Very uncomfortable. Well, at least like they didn't name Judy after Judy. True. That would have made it a little fucking weirder. Right. It's just an awkward fucking coincidence that even... Yeah, very, very gross. like, Like, that's your daughter's name. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking weird. Yes. Absolutely. So, like, in the Hollywood Reporter article that I read, they called her Penny, like, because, you know, in professional papers or whatever, they always call you by your last name. Um, Right. I think that also, like, helps separate a little bit. Right, right, right. It's just fucking gross. So. Gross. It's gross. So. Are we done? No. Not even close, bro. I got another page and a half. There's so much. So, here we go. Uh, DeRosa Grund, (sighs) in that email, also said, quote, Ed was a pedophile, a sexual predator, and a physically abusive husband. Lorraine enabled Ed to do this. She knowingly allowed this illegal relationship to continue for 40 years. They lied to the public. Oof. Oof. <laughs> he also said in that email that he had he was assured that he could temper the romantic relationship between Ed and Lorraine in the movies, in the sequels, to keep uh, Judith Penny from being so vocal and loud and out about what had happened, which is really fucked up and not okay and fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, so, and he, like, in that email, he was like, I can make sure this doesn't get out. But if you guys don't let me do that, then she's gonna go public and then your whole franchise is ruined. So I need to be the one that's in charge of everything. So that's cool. What the, what the fuck? Yeah. That being said... The studio obviously didn't go with him 
And Judith has not released this to the public. She's never done an interview about it. <sighs> so this email launched a series of lawsuits. And that's not e like the ones that I mentioned aren't even all. There's another yeah, lawsuit no we're going to talk about. God. <sighs> this one is all around author Gerald Brittle, who claims in a pending lawsuit that the Conjuring franchise rips off his 1980 book, The Demonologist, which was written about Ed and Lorraine Warren. He's currently suing Warner Brothers and New Line for $900 million. So he thinks oh. he's got a big fucking idea. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So the studio, in response, says, well, our films are protected from copyright claims because no one has a monopoly to tell stories or make movies about true life figures and events. Brittle counters that the story in his books are fake. He knows they're fake because Ed and Lorraine Warren told him, here's our story, and then afterwards said, it's bullshit. So he knows they didn't happen. Oh, so they aren't based on real life events. No, they're based on his book. <gasps> which he is the only person that has that information. Like he knows, hey, they told me they don't have the case files. They made it up. So that's fun. That's why he's suing for 900 million. Because they literally ripped off his book. Yep. Well, of fake stories that he wrote. Yes. That they gave to him first. Yep. Oh, my God. And the plot thickens. Yep. And now this is the point, ladies and gentlemen, where I get fucking lit. Like, I've been upset. More? But now I'm, like, big mad. Okay, so. What do you mean? So. What do you mean? Listen. So, all these allegations are mentioned together because they're all addressed together in October of 2015, which is still previous this article coming out, all this information, right? So, it's handled in 2015. Okay. The outside counsel, a gentleman named uh, Stanford Dow, in a letter to New Line is quoted writing, quote, Mr. Warren has been accused of being cut from the exact same cloth as convicted Penn State football child molester Jerry Sandusky and the accused sexual predator Bill Cosby. Mrs. Warren, Ooh. in both condoning and covering up these heinous acts, is, a, is as complicit as her husband. Yeah. Now... Dow threatened to add the claims in, like, to add those into litigation against New Line unless the studio agreed to a settlement. The proposed deal suggested that it wouldn't, like, it wouldn't only solve the Britty, the writer, and DeRosa Grund, the producer, their issues with the studio, but also Judith Penny's. According to the letter, Judith would transfer her rights, her life rights, so they could write whatever the fuck they want about her. Here you go. Just have it. Do what you want. Life rights to New Line and sign a confidentiality agreement in exchange for $150,000. That's it. $150,000. Wait, who's asking for the $150,000? A lawyer on her behalf who has never fucking spoke to her. She was never involved in any of this conversation. And they were just like, yeah, this is cool. Yep. And this lawyer said, well, she needs $150,000 because that's the amount that Lorraine originally received for The Conjuring movie. That's it. They never spoke to her. They never asked her. They never tried to prove anything happened. They never did any kind of investigation. They just said, oh, hey, this thing allegedly happened. We're not going to talk to you about it, but we're going to use you to further our gains. That's what makes me so, they, so mad. They went with the deal. It never moved any further, but that was part of their, like, they proposed that deal. 
it never happened, but... Well, yeah, because they would have got their fucking ball suit off. Uh, the fact... Holy shit! <sighs> the fact that they tried to do that without ever having contacted her, like, regardless if it happened or not, she deserves to be spoken to. She deserves to be at the table for that conversation. Right. That's literally her life rights. You can't do that. <sighs> so that's what makes me so angry. As it should. <sighs> that's fucking weird. Which, uh, my next line after that was, my outrage is probably unfounded since the settlement didn't even happen. But ugh, it makes me so mad. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So then. Reel it in. Two years later, in a 355-page lawsuit filed by Brittle, the, the author, in t- March of 2017 against New Line, he claims that Judith was ready to testify about her experience and disclose, quote, the absolute charade this family dynamic was told by the Warrens, and as depicted as fact in all of def- the defendant's movies, the true family dynamic was known at the highest executive levels of both New Line and Time Warner. So she was apparently prepared to testify. Okay. When The Hollywood Reporter reached out to Brittle, the author, he declined to comment or share any information of Judith Penny. Um, he declined that he knew her. Uh, said that he he wasn't going to give any information. I don't know where I don't know what you're talking about. The fuck? Judith Penny is mentioned in his book by oh, name. Oh, shit. He can't pretend oh. not to know her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So in uh, one of the chapters about Peter Beckford's family in Vermont in 1974, um, this this is the the family where the little, gr- the little like, 16-year-old daughter had used a Ouija board and invited a demon. Um, yeah. So... Quote, an excerpt from his book says, Pete telephoned the Warrens and spoke with Judy Penny, a young woman who works as a liaison when Ed and Lorraine are out of town. <gasps> Judy has some, heard some hair-raising tales over the phone, but this one particularly scared her. The Warrens are out west, she told Pete Beckford, but I'll relay the message to them. So she's in the book. He can't be like, I don't know who that is. Yes, he does. <sighs> so in a countersuit filed against Brittle, New line attorney Benjamin Rottenborn. What a attorney name, Rottenborn. Huh. Rot- Rottenborn, perfect. He was fucking born to be a lawyer. Yep. Uh, he dismissed the claims as part of an attempt to sabotage the franchise. He quoted, he's quoted saying, For years, Brittle and his cohort, Tony DeRosa Grund, have conspired to strip New Line of its rights, consistently changing positions and concocting new theories with complete disregard for the truth. So, regardless of what actually happened on the legal side, Judith Penny has never seen a cent from the films. She has never really liked Lorraine, uh, but she does still seem to have feelings for Ed. Even though their relationship ended in 2003. 2003! He's also dead, right. He died in 2006. Three years before he died. That's a long time. That's gross. (sighs) And she was married. (sighs) She married in 2003. Um... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's probably why the relationship ended. It's because she just like, yeah, I think I'm going to get married. Anyway, so she remained friendly with Ed until his death in 2006. So they still spoke. It wasn't it wasn't like it was a bad thing, um, regardless of if it was an amorous relationship or not. It They still talked, so they weren't on bad terms necessarily, which is kind of weird okay. to me. But huh. she does say, she's quoted saying in some of those, uh, some of the audio footage, um, As I'm older now, I can't even fathom why Lorraine let me stay there. Lots of times I think about, why did I do this? Why did I screw up my life like this? Sometimes I get angry thinking about it, how so much was taken from me. Aw. Aw. 
And that is the saddest fucking note to end on, but that's what I have. Ah, there was no happy ending from that. No, unfortunately not. Um, it's, it's really hard, too, because at this point, Ed and Lorraine both have passed, and it's not a, like, cancel culture, like, go boycott the movies or whatever. That's not going to do anything. Um, <sighs> Judith isn't getting any money. Um, Judy and her husband, Tony, like, it's not like the sins of their parents are not their fault so it's it's not something that we can even really do anything about which is awful um yep because those people are dead right so i think just be aware if you see something say something um please if you need help get help if you see somebody that you think might need help ask them uh talk to them just be friendly like (sighs) be a friend yeah just be be a good person you know like Check in with people. Make sure that they're doing okay. Um, don't hit. Don't hit your partner. God no. And <laughs> if if you're one of the people oh, that does hit your partner, please get help. Um, it it's not the end for you or for them. Please God get help. Huh. And that's and that's the note we're gonna end on. Okay. I'm gonna cut the I'm gonna cut the pineapple. Reasonable. Okay. Woo! That got deeper than I thought it was going to. Yay. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my God. ass had to read that for like four fucking hours. So whoo. I'm yeah, going to go get that, a drink. That blood pressure, my God. <laughs> We're sipping on pickle juice and should be drinking a fucking vodka. Ah. Yep. Okay. Um. Thanks for coming to listen. That got, yeah, I said that. Or I said that. Yeah. Already. I have a, um, right. a really gross, funny ending, if you want. Do you want to hear a the really fuck? weird fucking fact? Listen, you already talked about teeth and fucking jewelry. I, I don't know. I mean, this one's still pretty fucking weird, but... You know. Okay. All right. Let's do it when we're, when we're done. Okay. So you know those like you know how much I love Sphinx cats, right? Like little hairless babies. Oh my fucking god! Not this again. <laughs> so little little Sphinx hairless babies. So sometimes, um, if you have a like a glass table or something that's just like super super smooth surfaces, uh, it's Marble. not like any porous. It's not porous or anything. Like you don't have little ridges. Um, your hairless kitty. It will suction cup its asshole to things. <laughs> and I've seen owners have to, like, credit card underneath their cat's ass <laughs> to, to, like, just release his poor little butt. And they'll also leave little asshole prints on stuff. So, I li- as I told Katie earlier, I like to imagine just, like, this super bougie, like, rich-ass person looking, but like, oh, yes, yes, I really like the, the design on this table. Oh, what is it called? Peach ring? It's beautiful. And then the person's Peach like... Peach ring? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! And the owner's just like, yeah, man, my cat makes art. <laughs> How much you want to pay for it? You're Ooh. fucking done. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a better note to end on. <laughs> Peach ring. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Woo. We're done. Okay. All right. Thanks. If you want to check us out more, be sure to head on over to our website at hauntherabarelyknowher.com. We have a contact page. Drop a topic you want us to cover like someone did in the middle of this episode. Stop Woo. laughing. Peach ring. No. Go, eh, go over. Uh, go over. Go over to our social medias, Instagram and Twitter at H-H-I-B-K-H podcast. I'm on Instagram, so we love Twitter, and I need to fucking stop this episode and go to bed. Okay, so until next time, haunt her. I barely know her. Or that kitty cat's peach ring. Shut up. <laughs> oh, oh.